Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom, freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that, yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Well, hello, friends. This is Kristen. Welcome back to the Zephaniah devotional series here at the Abiding Free podcast. This is a six-week series we are going through um, in this somewhat forgotten book of the Bible. And I've said this before, but if you are new, definitely go back two weeks to to week one, because this is a story and it will not make sense to you if you dive in without the first two weeks. I pray and hope that those of you um, that have are here for the third week, I pray and hope that this story of Zephaniah is captivating you. It's drawing you in. It's teaching you more about God and also showing you how to go deeper in your walk or to reflect on your own life. Um, so let's do a super brief review. You know, we've stepped into the world of Zephaniah, a prophet who is speaking to Judah, God's people, with the message of coming judgment for both the surrounding nations and his own people. It has grieved the heart of God that his people have turned back from him. They haven't sought him. They haven't inquired of him. And they look more like the world than the amazing God who has chosen them, things that probably we all can relate to, things we hopefully we've been reflecting on. You know, we talked last week about the beautiful garments of salvation and righteousness that God has closed us with, us with. We are set apart for special purposes. We went through the first chapter of Zephaniah in our first two weeks, and we are now entering into chapter two of this book. I hope you've had a chance to read, you know, this short book on your own because it's only actually three chapters long. And, you know, the first chapter... Um, these first two weeks of the series have been heavy, right? There's been a heaviness to him. We're talking about God's judgment. I mean, this is not exactly a topic, a party topic, right? If you bring this up at a party, you're probably not going to get a lot of um, <laughs> people who want to engage. But you know what? To understand the depth of his great love, we must look at his judgment and his justice, and the good news is we are diving in today to talk more about the purpose of his judgment, of, of his discipline. We are talking, um, we're going to be talking through all of chapter two. And again, we don't necessarily read through it verse by verse because this is a podcast, but we hope that you will do that on your own. And you know what? You should always be making sure that what we're saying is is in congruence with God's word. So chapter two begins with Zephaniah and he gathers up the people. And this is what he says. He says, gather yourselves together, gather together, undesirable nation. Oh, geez. How would you like to be called, you know, undesirable? Gosh, 
that would hit me. But he says, gather together undesirable nation before the decree takes effect and the day passes like chaff before the burning of the Lord's anger overtakes you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who carry out what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be concealed on the day of the Lord's anger. So this is kind of like this big family meeting. Zephaniah is like gathering the people together and it's a warning before God imposes this harsh judgment. He's like, let's do this. He tells them, let's go back. We need to go back and seek him. We need to humble ourselves, seek righteousness. And you know what will happen? It says they will be concealed on the day of the Lord's anger. Okay, this is so cool, you guys. The That word concealed means hidden. And it comes from the same root word as Zephaniah's name which also means he hidden and concealed. Isn't that amazing? Zephaniah's parents probably had no idea he would be a prophet one day. And yet God pressed upon their heart to name him Zephaniah, which foretold what he would be doing one day. You know, God knew your name even before the beginning of time. He knew the plans and the purposes for your life too, just like he did for Zephaniah. And in a sense, we all play a role as Zephaniah does. We're all a spokesperson for God on this earth, and he has special plans and purposes for us. So back to this story, you know, God promised to hide his people in the day of trouble if they humbled themselves, followed his commands. Easy does it, right? Um, although this was a conditional agreement to Judah, you know, God still calls us to be a humble people. In the New Testament, he says, be completely humble. And on that final day of judgment, it is only those that have humbled themselves and put their trust in Jesus to rescue them, that those are the people that ultimately will be hidden in him. And you know, I can tell you, I've blown this today. I I have not been humble all day today. I've had pride in my heart at times. I've broken his commands. This is, again, where we need to rest on the finished work of Jesus. 1 Corinthians one thirty tells us that Jesus himself has become our righteousness. This is the difference. God was calling, God was making this conditional agreement with Judah and saying, you must do this and then, you know, I will hide you. Well, this is what God is saying um, in through the finished work of Jesus, Jesus has become our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. He is what, Jesus is what goes before us as our advocate on that final day and even today. But Colossians gives, Colossians 3.3 gives us a glimpse of this. What does it mean for today of being hidden in him? It says this, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. And it talks about all these sins, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire. It says that God's wrath is coming upon the disobedience. It says to put all these things away, you know, anger, wrath, malice, slander. It says, do not lie to one another. And it says, put 
on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Did you catch that therefore word in there? Okay, you've probably heard this. This is a very common saying if you've, you know, been around studying the Bible for any any amount of time. So, you know, a common question that people say is or statement is they say, always look at what is the therefore therefore. <laughs> the point is, you know, because we are hidden we, we've died with him and we've been raised with Christ. He is now our life. We can put to death sin today. Being hidden in his life is what gives us the strength to walk in righteousness. I love that last part. Did you get that? You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. So again, the people in Zephaniah's day were in this conditional agreement with God to display humility and follow his commands so that they could be hidden in him. But today, Christ has already become that righteousness. What an incredible truth. Who Christ is, is what empowers us to walk in righteousness that we've been given. It's like right here, you guys, it's right here offered to us through renewal, that word renewal at the end of that passage to reflect the image of God. That is our purpose right here on earth to reflect his image. And I love that renewal is this like active word. It's a process. I love that passage again in, you know, Colossians that we read, it uses those active words. It says, put away those sins, put on the new self. Every day we are struggling every day. It's a putting off and a putting on, but God is continuing to renew us right deep within he's as we humble ourselves and we cry out to him remind ourselves that my life is not what has to be in front i'm hidden in christ his life is what goes before me you know what a simple prayer for us today have you thought about that god just remind me that i'm hidden in your life remind me that you can go before me let's just speak really practically you know when my kids Let's just, we could pray this when my kids are driving me nuts today. You, God, can give me the power to hide my impatience in you and to walk forward in your patience. When my boss is a total jerk today, my indignant bitterness can be concealed and a sacrificial love can pour out of me because you can help me put on this new self. My indignant bitter, bitterness can be put to death and I can put on the new self. In all things today, our old self can die and we can be renewed in his power. Help us, God. And back to Zephaniah, the chapter continues on with the judgment against the rest of the nations. You know, detailed cities are listed, Philistine, Canaan, Ashkelon, so many more were listed as nations that would be judged So God like starts off with this like big family meeting in this chapter, right? There's this big family meeting. Zephaniah says, let's humble ourselves. And then Zephaniah says, oh yeah. And the nations are also going to be judged. And God's prophecies. I mean, have you heard of these cities today? Are they modern Philistine, Canaan, Ashkelon? Gosh, you know, his prophecies will be fulfilled. They've all fallen. This is proven. And, you know, one of the nations it mentions that you've probably familiar with in history classes, Assyria, it has an interesting line about them at the end of chapter two, this chapter we're we're talking about. And it says this, this is the jubilant city that lives in security that says to herself, I exist and there is none else. And yet Assyria fell. It reminds me of even today, right? There's 
political leaders, there's countries, political parties and groups, many of them with the same sentiments. And honest, let's just be honest, sometimes we put a false hope in these things to save us. But God reminds us that only his reign will last. And that's how this second chapter ends in verse 15, describing what happened to Assyria. It's crazy. It's like so abrupt. Here's Assyria just like, you know what? I'm I'm pretty awesome here. Like there is nobody else like me. <laughs> okay, let's just be honest for a second and say sometimes we may not like say those specific words, but sometimes we think we're pretty awesome. <laughs> but listen to this like abrupt transitional statement right after that. It says, what a desolation she has become, a place for wild animals to lie down, right? Pride comes before the fall. Psalm 46 tells us nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, but God, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So I leave that lingering question with you today. Is God your fortress, the one you're hidden in for security? How can you live today from that place? I know these questions can seem just kind of out there. So how do we make them practical, right? Because it's this isn't like a decision we make once, you know, at the start of the day and then everything's good, right? I think that's where we get stuck sometimes. And then we get discouraged when we blow it throughout the day. Wait, God, I prayed to you this morning. Well, here's an example, and this is super humbling, but does everybody remember like COVID? Remember like the start of COVID? We're all in lockdown and oh my goodness, we're homeschooling, you know, we're all working from home. I mean, we're all going kind of nuts, right? (laughs) We're all like thinking the world is ending and I mean, just so much chaos, right? And I just remember just, you know, it's like this, this melting pot, right? This like pressure cooker of a home and we're just like going crazy. And I just remember I started just going into my closet when I needed to and just praying. Yep. I was hiding in my closet, (laughs) but you know what? It was okay. Cause that's where I needed to meet with God. And it wasn't just sometimes once a day I'd go in there and I'd cry. I'd go in there just for like even 30 seconds. And I'd say, God, I just need your help. I mean, maybe it's just as simple as, I mean, your boss is sitting there and they're saying some things that you don't like or work is hard. Just in your mind, you're like, God, help me. I I pray that prayer a lot. There's a prayer in Psalm. All it says is, God, save me, right? This is a moment by moment, making him our refuge, reminding ourselves that our life is hidden in him. He is our refuge. Throughout the day, it's the seemingly little places where we bend the knee, where we remind ourselves that he can go before us to help us put to death our old self. We can humble ourselves. God, remind us that we are hidden in you. Help us to live from and in your righteousness. Guys, I hope you come back next week. We're diving into week three and oh my goodness, it is so good. We are coming up to the most, one of the most incredible pictures of God's love in the entire Bible. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. 
Yeah. And then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you. 